He is, yeah. So the <laughs> the Varl are an entirely male race, which why it's like it's not explained, but like sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe he was just too shy to put boobs on or whatever when he's like shaking <laughs> shaking the clay. <laughs> he's too squeamish. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got like he's got one in front of him. It's like it's like looking around. He's like got the little like perfectly sculpted boobies on her, and then like the loom mother walks in. She's like, hey, what are you working on? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere, somewhere there's like the creation of life putty set of yeah, boobs yeah. in the banner's yeah, yeah. Banners here, the internet's number one fake saga podcast returns despite the sun having stopped in the sky. I am the latest in a long family line of skilled archers, Peter O'Donoghue, and my bannermen are... It's saga boy, Ethan. <laughs> and... And? No, we made the wrong decisions, and Jamie has been permanently killed until we start a new game. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right, yeah. We accidentally we, we had positioned him in a place where he could get like a good hit off, but we forgot that he loves autoerotic asphyxiation, so exactly. he just autoerotic asphyxiated himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like with the dialogue options mm. early on, you know, you're supposed to tell you're supposed to say like, "No, give me your belt," but he's like, "No, I <laughs> yeah. need to hold my pants up." I'm like, "We know that's not why you need it," but then because we're just like, "Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what ending we get if we let Jamie keep his belt," and then, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah, that's the one that you get. Yeah. There he goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, today, as you would have seen already, uh, today's Banner Saga episode was a little bit more niche over on the Discord, which you can join below, having only been requested by two people. That would be uh, Valkun to you, and then backed up by Han Dolo, but this was before he was a patron and just a average, uh, dedicated hype man. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, we still get to say that this is a patron request, so thank you, guys. Yeah. Uh, also... Welcome to our latest apple-cheeked and full-of-life patron, Sleep Paralysis Demon Protection Fee. Yeah, and, and, of course, uh, Lil Chungus. Who, Lil Chungus, who, who subscribed a half hour before we started this, which is yeah. very good timing. While we were, while we were in the bonus content. So. Yes. Uh, so, uh, well, Jamie's dead. Rip. Um, Ethan, are you familiar with the banner sack? Yeah, I played a lot of the first... I think at your recommendation, honestly um like i think when we started the podcast <laughs> seven years ago now <laughs> yeah uh, i think it was like our first year doing it or whatever you told me it was great i think i was looking for a mobile game to play uh and that had been like recommended on the play store to me or something like that and then i think you said like oh yeah banner saga is fantastic banner saga um is fantastic so i think i i downloaded it i played it i don't think i ever beat the first one because it's it hard um and it's like as a as a fire emblem diehard losing uh in fire emblem losing uh, there's permadeath in fire emblem if, if any of your characters die yeah but like everybody in fire emblem all agrees like no you don't lose anybody on your playthrough you just reset the mission and 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 beat it or whatever which is like in banner saga there's like it's way harder to do that because it's choices that you made ages ago that can impact like that can cause your character to, like leave the story or cause a character to leave the story right yeah um, so I think I struggled with that where I was just like, damn, I'd like I wanted I think I like would go back like a few missions and like try and like min max all the time. And I think like doing that took me out of it. But um love the game, love the the mechanics. It, it's similar to Fire Emblem where it's I guess it's like isometrics, like grid style combat turn based where you yeah. you like I like Final Fantasy Tactics or something like that, where you move your characters into position, 
and they can do attacks. Um, as they take damage, they get less effective at their like they get less offensive capabilities as well. So like taking damage hurts your offensive power, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. So every character has two uh, health bars. They have I think it's called strength. They have strength and armor. Armor yeah. is a flat damage resistance. So if you have 10 armor, that is minus 10 potential damage coming off of an enemy. Mm-hmm. But your HP, your strength is what I mean, your characters don't die in combat. They get injured and you have to like rest. It's like XCOM. It, I yeah. mean, XCOM is more brutal because if somebody gets killed in combat in XCOM, that's goodbye, mm-hmm. right? They're just gone forever. Goodbye, Honeybee Johnson, my best yeah. sniper. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's Fire Emblem, too. It's like if yeah. they die in combat, they they die in real life. Yeah, no, in but um, your strength, your health bar is the maximum amount of damage you can do. So if your characters get too beaten down, they are physically too weak to do damage anymore, then yeah. the fight's just over, which I thought was really cool because you can strategically like there are spells and some some things that can bypass armor. You can bypass the armor of like a boss monster to make him less of a threat to deal with the ads. Yeah, which is like that's really cool. I was never good at this game. I'm bad at strategy, yeah. but I mean, I still beat all three. I don't think I got the best ending. Because, um, yeah, like you were alluding to, uh, it's not the combat that it results in the permadeath. It's, it's the dialogue so, choices. It's <laughs> the dialogue choices, sometimes like game days in the past, or in some cases, like mundane things. I still remember yeah. there's one one character who like, oh, no, we're about to lose a, the cart full of food. And yeah. of course you, have ra- uh-huh. you have rations. It's like, oh, no, we're going to lose the cart full of food. You there, big guy, help out. He's like, OK, and trips and he's dead and he's gone yeah, forever. And you lose the food the anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that that's like pretty early on in the, the first one, like that particular uh, event. And I, I think they do, they put it early on specifically to show you like, yeah, no, just like just making the choice to try and save food and not have your people starve to death might just like put you in a worse position overall. Um, but yeah, yeah one of the big guys. I do. I did really enjoy the the uh, the combat. I, I, you know, I just said why I don't think I finished it, probably also because it was a mobile game and I don't mobile game all that much um really not anymore i mean back in the day when we started this you were taking public transit was on to work train and stuff yeah exactly right, yeah although yeah I, I would tend to read or, or listen to podcasts or music on the on the train but um yeah i never never finished the first one but do like the gameplay i it was challenging um but the the atmosphere and the setting and and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, right, Pete? But uh, you, you were mentioning how it's like, it's a little lore light. And I would have guessed that because uh, it's very much a story-driven like experience where it, it is the story itself in this very cool uh, world, which we'll, we'll get into the lore of it, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Like it was, it's, it's such a good story and like there's such compelling characters that I'm not surprised that this indie company didn't flesh out like the world around them so much. Um, but the little tidbits that they do drop are like so enticing and so good. And they do a good job of being like, like you don't have to fill in all the places on the map when you're, when you're telling a story, right? Like you can only fill in the interesting parts if you want. And I feel like that's what, that's what they did really well is they, they made those interesting places like so, so interesting. And like the bit of info that you do get is like so cool and so unique and so, um, neat that uh they didn't they didn't do the rest of it which is fine it's not an open world experience anyway yeah it's like super lean and again like and and this is not talking shit i I love the souls games right but like it's super lean in that like you know what that you know that piece of garbage you picked up that that actual like zero value loot that that refers to a saint 
yeah, you're not going to get a 45 minute body video video out of that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the saint, the saint of pocket lint in in whatever the realm, the lands between is yeah, yeah. not. It's not part of this. It's very, it's very lean, but it's very concise and it's very cool. Like, yeah, um, very cool. like I was saying, the the first game starts five days after the main event that sets off the the activity, the events of the Would, game. Like the sun stops in the sky. Yeah, I, I think I must have known that, but I I don't think I it ever clicked for me that it was that recent. And like again, I'm like I'm trying to remember when I played it like six years ago and didn't beat the game. Got yeah. I probably got like halfway through it, maybe three quarters of the way through it. Um but like I it felt like it was longer. And so yeah, this the sun stops in the sky and it's like that's and it's like also slowly fading. So it's like the like it's just winter and the winter's just like getting worse essentially, right? Yeah. Um I rewatched the intro to the first game when I was writing the script because I was like, well, has this, did the sun stop like centuries ago or or was it? And then it's just like the opening narration is like a guy doing a like a Swedish accent. He's like, a few days ago, the sun stopped in the sky. And, <laughs> and it's just like, all right, there you go. It's, it's like a week later, basically. It's like a, it's like a business. It's ca- calculated in business days. basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, very, it's very cool, often on sale. And um, another cool thing is obviously because it is very choice driven and people do die forever. Um, the now that the trilogy's out and have, the trilogy's been out since like 2018, all three of them are out. It's just one game now. Yeah. You just play continuously, and I think you can launch them all within other ones. Like there's a launch Banner Saga two button in Banner Saga one, and then three and two. Oh, so yeah. you can just you can just carry on, and yeah, they're they're often cheap, and. Um, yeah, even for me, who sucks at uh, turn-based strategy, I think I beat the third one. I've only done I've done two playthroughs of the first, and then one of two and three. Because obviously, the second one took a long time to come out, but they made so much money they could re- they released the third one fairly quickly. So yeah. to even understand what the fuck was happening, and to make sure like the people who died in the first game, like oh no, I I earned those failures to import into the second. Yeah, yeah. The second uh, I replayed that so i but i beat the third one i saw in 14 hours and i'm not particularly good at it so it's okay. not even like a huge commitment no, no and yeah. if you're good it's even like it's totally worth it but yeah cheap on sale uh tell stoic pete sent you the lore boys sent you <laughs> yeah but yeah um enough enough praise for the moment i think we should get into it and we'll just assume jamie hasn't played it or did and very much liked it but will probably buy it on sale, install it, and then not play it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I would say it's safe to say that if Jamie's played it, he has not beaten. I think that's that's fair. I think that's fair for me to say, and I think Jamie would agree that that was fair for me to say. Oh, it's uh, they're on my Steam account, actually. And since I'm going to be playing Horizon 2 through Family Share, you can just pick up and play them whenever you want. It's not like I'm going to be online. I don't, I don't have your, your games. You have my games, but I've never signed into your account on, on mine. Oh, I thought yeah. they were linked. Never mind. No, it's a one-way thing. Well, I'll keep my treasures for me then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I was—I literally just opened the store. I was like, "How much does the bundle cost?" You know what I mean? How much it's, is it? It's uh fair. Like, if you get the trilogy edition, so I don't. It's weird. It's like there's the Banner Saga four pack, but it doesn't tell you what that is because I don't know what the fourth one is. Um, which is eighty-two dollars, eighty-three dollars. But the trilogy deluxe bundle is seventy one dollars, and then the saga trilogy stoic edition bundle is eighty two dollars. So I don't know, around eighty. I don't think guys just name your game bundles: regular, deluxe, 
gold. <laughs> yeah. None of this other shit. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know what the four pack is. I've, I honestly feel, I don't think this is a problem with the naming. I think this is a problem with the, the Steam UI, just the four pack. It doesn't tell me what the four pack is, but I see, I, I can view like the bundles. I can view right. what's actually in them. With a four pack, I don't know what it is. And it's the most expensive one by like 70 cents. I don't know. Weird. The soundtrack's great too. So that probably comes with that. Soundtracks are great. Yeah. The, so the Stoic bundle comes with uh, like soundtrack, comes with some test stop wallpapers, and it comes with some banners. I get three. Uh, DLC, like the there's some item packs and yeah, two item packs, legendary items and deluxe items. Okay. It comes with. Pay to anyway, pay to win game. banner saga. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it relatively often, I guess, with with like games that we really really like. But this this really is one for me, and I, I think for you too, Pete. That just like it checks all the boxes. Like it, yeah. it's fantastic story. Uh, great gameplay which is like again it's like that final fantasy tactics fire emblem like style of gameplay but like uh just the one cool unique mechanic which is like that yeah as your health drops your strength drops too which like also just like makes sense in in like a real sense like yeah you took a a crushing sword blow like you're gonna lose blood (laughs) yeah you're gonna be worse at swinging your own sword right um But the uh, the art style, which I know you're going to get into because you asked Jamie to pose for, for the art I style ahead of, ahead of us even knowing what the, <laughs> the jokes are going to be. So you could draw them like a French girl, but like the it's rotoscope, right, is what yeah. it's called. So the environments are fantastic. The cutscenes are fantastic because it's like Disney animated style. Uh, like a, it, it feels like a um, uh, like the Beauty and the Beast or like the Hunchback of Notre Dame esque characters, you know, of these like medieval era peasants kind of kind of making their way around but uh yeah. cutscenes story uh the rpg elements are like good because you can like level up your characters but it's you never really get them to a place where they feel like too strong i don't know just really really every box for for me and i can yeah, stop we can actually talk about the freaking lore of this game eventually but. yeah i guess the last thing would be like <laughs> in saying that just like while we're gushing and vamping a little bit to try and sell it to people I can't think of a thing, single thing I don't like about it. Like, it's not yeah. buggy. It's fun. This is a good story. Like, yeah, it's, it's but yeah. You're, it's, you're supporting an indie dev. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. All, it's, it's all good all the way down here. So, yeah, um, enough gush. I get that's true. What are the people here for? <laughs> down a man, waste even more time. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, we we talk about it fairly often, but Jamie's the one that keeps us on rails. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so when the universe of the Banner Saga was created is not known, but it is believed that the primary goddess of the Pantheon, who is called the Loom Mother, uh, wove all of creation into existence using her go figure celestial table saw. She's a, right. She's yep. into the trades. Um, uh, so the first game starts in the year zero. Uh, it's a few days, like I said, after the sun simply just stops in the sky and never goes down. Uh, this is taken by most people as a bad omen. And then people invent, <laughs> invent calendars and just set yeah. them to zero because they're like, ah, we're going to want to. There's the before and after the sunrise, basically. Yeah, like, exactly. This is, this is the big thing. So one day, um, about five centuries ago, so even like the lore is lean, but even the world itself is young. Things went tits up very quickly in the land of the Banner Sag. It's it's kind of bleak how bad things went because uh, life did not exist until 500 years ago. So the Loom Mother wove life into the world tapestry and created the human race, giving us the gift of reason. So she sewed in a little extra facts and logic. Okay. It's neat in this universe, unlike a lot of fantasy universes, where humanity was is at the actual first race. Right? Okay. She sure. created humans. Well, just like in our in our universe. That's that's how God did it. 
Of, you're right. Excuse me. It's not so. <laughs> it's not so weird if you look at it like that. Yeah. yeah. In the in the beginning, there was nothing. Then uh, God created uh, house flies, and then God Balloon. created man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God created house flies. Then he created silkworms. Then he created man. So we were number three in our universe. Yeah, exactly. We just luckily, uh, he he was just tired of bugs. He was like, I really should create something in my own image. And meanwhile, <laughs> it's like a giant bug with a beard. Just yeah. like. <laughs> so a man, a man made out of like flies, essentially. Oh, just like a cloud of flies in like <laughs> yeah. the, the white robe. So, um, yeah, so you showed a little extra facts and logic into the human race. Uh, the most facts and logic among humans were the menders. Uh, humans that the loom mother taught the magic of weaving, allowing menders to pull the strings of reality, like healing wounds and casting offensive spells. So they're not called mages in game. It's not a class, but you do get a uh, mender on your team. You yeah. start with one, you get a couple others in the, as you go down. Yeah. Weaving can be taught. It's not like okay. you're not, you're not yeah. born with it. It is, it is Maybelline in this case. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, um, in D- the D and D parallels, it's wizards, not sorcerers. Where it's you, you can uh, train, you can train it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So identifying, like identifying the patterns of of the weave, right, and and being able to spot it, and then thus being able to manipulate it. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a quote from uh, Ivan, who's one of the menders you get on your team in the game, and he's just like, "Oh, anybody can do it." It's just like we just see the world a little differently. We can see the strings and pull them. Yeah, and exactly. like when when he casts spells, uh, it's represented through string as well because it's like yeah the, the universe is very much like a, a tapestry created by a goddess yeah which i, I think it is in in d like i think that's D like that's not a a unique concept that the the weave is the weave of magic in D, but okay. i think it's also like the weave of fate and you you know in, in disney's hercules it's you know the thread of fate that that gets cut or whatever because that's like yeah. your line of thread which would presumably be weaved into a greater tapestry of of all life right so yeah um yeah an older idea, I think, but but yeah, I guess we didn't mention it at the top. Uh, the Banner Saga is very distinctly Norse. Uh, we're on a very yeah. uh, well, Norse you, myth. You mentioned recently. That, <laughs> you did mention that uh, there was a Swedish man re- or a Swedish accented man reading at the at the beginning. I, I think suppose that I would have just given it away. <laughs> I want to say Stoic is not uh, like I don't think it's a, a European game. I think they are American. Chaos, yeah, chaos, yeah. There you go, yeah. Exactly. Oh, one cool thing. I watched it behind the scenes. It's about the devs. Very small. I think it's like 80 people now, but it was five when they started. The rotoscope animation for the banner that you hang over your um, party, basically. Mm-hmm. The way they rotoscope that is they put like a one of those like crinkled party streamers on a on a house fan and just turned it on and shot some footage. So that like ah, the cool. twisting in the wind is like just <laughs> slowed down like a like a birthday streamer. Do you want to talk about what rotoscoping is? Because you've explained it to me before, and you've probably explained it on air on the podcast. When I think in the early days of the podcast, we probably talked about the Banner Saga a lot. When I was playing it, we were probably yeah, talking about easy. it in our in our drunken four hour episodes. But uh, <laughs> yeah. do you want you? We've said rotoscope twice now, so do you want to talk about like what it is? I guess for uh, yeah. Now that I'm 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 sober as a Mormon at the moment, at least for two thirty. So I'll condense it. Uh, rotoscoping I'm like, here on a two thirty on a mus- Monday. <laughs> on a Musday. Musday. <laughs> um, it's when you take real footage and you draw over it frame by frame. So um, a, a film director who does a lot of it, he's very famous for it, is Ralph Bashke, does a lot of rotoscoping. It's where you yeah shoot live action, draw or paint over it. It used to be drawn and paint over because you used to have a film cell. Obviously, the Banner Saga is a digital product. Uh, but yeah, they had real actors act out the actions. 
Uh, they had a party streamer strapped to a fan for their Viking banner. <laughs> um, it's just a, it's a very distinct style of animation because since you trace the people and the objects, it's like hyper real shapes and like painted cartoon colors. So it's 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 the only game I know of that has like a straight up rotoscope style like style cover to cover. I'm not 100 percent certain, but um, it's a really cool it's a really cool format. I think like the uh, take on me music video is rotoscoped as well, but it's all pencil drawing. Right. So just that sort of thing. But yeah, it's yeah. just a, a specific art style. And it was a really good one. It's like, you know, there's not a whole lot of claymation games. So that would be cool next. Right. You don't know, you don't know any video, I looked up video games that have rotoscoping. Uh, Banner Sega does not feature feature on the Wikipedia list. Uh, I'm sure just that I'm just sure it hasn't been updated. Right. Like okay, yeah. it's a stub article, but uh, there's so there's I don't know maybe 20 games that I, I uh, recognize um, or not 20 games that I recognize. Excuse me. There's 20 games, most of which I do not recognize, but you're talking about you not knowing what, what other games would, would feature Mortal Kombat 1992. Was That's true. Yeah. That. We did talk about it in the, in the episode, yes. and apparently the two original Prince of Persia's. So the 1989 and the 1993 games, Prince of Persia were apparently rotoscoped. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's true. I forgot. Yeah, because the the original Mortal Kombat was people in like pajamas and like yeah. hockey gear. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all that that's all it. Anyway, they did the same thing for for the banner side. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um back to the menders, just a quick recap here. The mages, uh the mage class of the of the world, uh, which I did not find a name for. It is it is cre I just refer to it as creation or the world. The Loom Mother created it. It is the tapestry of life. So the highest ranking men menders are called the Volca. And two of the most important ones in history are in game. They're both party members are Juno and Ivan. Ivan is the first one you get and you meet his wife or lover Juno later on. And she ends up being uh, quite important in the latter half of the trilogy. Okay, cool. They're both important throughout, but she takes over yeah. kind of because like Ivan starts because he's like using magic for other reasons, starts like rapidly aging and he ends up just being like a, a crippled old oh, man right, by the third right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so. Yeah, he's getting a little. He gets a little too much magic salt and pepper in his beard, and then yeah. uh, he just has to be hauled around in a cart. Exactly. Yeah, magic Rogaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's that's the that's the healing potion. You you spray Rogaine on your wizard <laughs> instead of man instead of like a blue potion. It's just like rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Menders and Valka all die of old age like regular people. They they don't have extended lifespans or anything like that. However, uh, like I said, weaving can still be taught. So they actually pass down their knowledge uh, through a massive home base they have called the Manahar, which there is a fight at, I believe, in the first game. I think the last boss is at the Manahar. At it's the Manahar. Mages Tower. Um, okay. Base. I can't remember if it's in the first or the second. It's in one of them. So spoilers. But uh, that is the home base. That is their wizard school on where they teach people the art of mending. Okay. To this day, Menders have some of the most political power in the land. So they're basically like lobbyists for Big Loom because <laughs> kings and like kings and dukes and other royalty will take on Menders as advisors. And obviously it's just like, hey, this guy can uh, strike me down with a bolt of lightning at any time. So yeah, exactly. if, if he's just I want him like, on my side. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just like, I think we should increase the price of insulin. You just go, yes, Mr. Mender, we will do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a trope, but it's I think it's a, a sensible one like the um, the Witcher books, right? Like the same, the, the same thing. The lodge. All the, yeah. all the, the sorcerers of the lodge are 
political advisors. That's their like whole shtick. Is they're they're it's a lobbyist group, right? Exactly. Um, but it's like you say, like yeah, if they can if they could just summon a dragon in your in your throne room, like yeah, it's gonna be a problem, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> lobbyists in the real world should be happy that the only problem is like the only problems we have is like moral consequences opposed yeah. to like being burned alive from the inside yeah, or turned exactly. into bugs yeah. <laughs> if only eh? yeah if only we could uh burn lobbyists alive from the inside and turn them into bugs turn them into bugs yeah turn them into bugs fbi agent who's currently listening because fucking documents were leaked on discord and now we've all got one i swear to god if lil chungus is a is an fbi plant i'm gonna be so upset welcome welcome fbi yeah exactly so, <laughs> agent or a narco communist podcast yeah <laughs> so we're not going to talk about all the gods because again not all of them get a full story there is a pantheon in the first game okay. there is uh, seven and then five more are added in the second game there are like gods of war and the hunt and all this shit but okay cool. we're gonna be talking about the primary ones that have an effect on the world i did want to give a special shout out to uh dunder who is the primary male god and a disciple and probably lover of the loom mother uh he is okay. responsible for beards so he's the rogaine god okay <laughs> he's responsible for beards smithing games and songs of mirth and he does just sound like the coolest dude to hang with he was because you were away for bobby's birthday this weekend and that i yeah. couldn't go to because of greek easter i was like dunder is just bobby like he's yeah just, exactly he's yeah. just a cool guy he's got games and mirth and hobbies and yeah exactly like yeah he brews he, his own beer like <laughs> i he, he has very, a board game yeah he very much sounds like the uh if if you know if he's in love with the the loom mother it very much sounds like she is like she's the uh girl boss mom you know who kind of decides all of fate in 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 a pretty big way by giving yeah. people the gift of magic the first uh, thing he's, she created on the loom was a pantsuit like yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> the girl uh, boss energy <laughs> yeah on the first day god invented the pantsuit uh <laughs> um and he just sounds like the the very cool very um introverted like like you know stepdad figure who's just like super quiet and he cracks the yeah. occasional dad joke but just like super quiet and having fun yeah yeah it's i mean again yeah just like cool to hang out with he's just one of the boys and and always is which is he's got like a successful a successful wife um and yeah he's just like yeah i got my man cave in the basement he's he's a house husband basically which is one of my dreams i think i would be i think it'd be a pretty good house husband personally I think that's all. Yeah, I think, I think the three boys. And again, I, I'm comfortable speaking for Jamie here. I think all of us would be fine just like having somebody else pay for our lifestyles and not have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Call it call us crazy. Call us call us. You know, uh, we're 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 radical uh, leftists. You know what I mean? We just want yeah. we, we want boss mommy to to take over our lives for us. Look, I'm happy loading and unloading the dishwasher. I vacuumed today. I have to do yeah. the corners that my robot can't get into. Like, yeah. the, like house husbandry. At the, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. It's like you're breeding houses. Uh, <laughs> house husbandness uh, is like uh, mostly automated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feet the house. <laughs> so yeah, that's our shout out to house husband Dunder. Um, one of the gods we are going to get into though is uh, Hatterborg. Uh, he is the patron god of the Varl race. And uh, Harderborg learned his ability to create life from the Loom Mother herself. However, he wasn't nearly as skilled. So another cool thing about the Loom Mother, and I guess, I don't know if they were thinking this when writing, a lot of the uh, male-led pantheons of real mythology are fucked up. Yeah. Right? Uh, this one here, the Loom Mother is just like, hey guys, um, I created pantsuits and life. Anybody want to 
chill. She's like doing pottery yeah. classes for yeah, the other exactly. gods and shit. Yeah. And Hatterborn wine and like, pottery night with, yeah. with Hatterberg. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like the what? What is it? Ghost. Uh, yeah, the, it's ghost, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on the loom though, instead of the throwing yeah, pottery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just yeah. it's Hatterberg, so it's just like a varl, like behind essentially, like exactly behind yeah. the loom mother. Yeah. So he spent some time creating the animals of the world. Uh, however, he got a little bored of this and eventually started combining animals with some of the loom mother's humans. Uh, this is how he created the varl which is what you just alluded to. Also, the guy who can get killed by like trying to save the apple cart is a Varl as well. So they are very big and very strong, which is why the choice is just like, have Gunnulf do it. And then, of yeah. course, the apple cart is too heavy and he dies. So yeah. the Varl were created. This is kind of like an internal legend among the among the Varl, but regardless, it's considering they have real gods, it's probably true. Probably true. He, he combined a Yox which is a big hairy cow with big horns and it's combine a, a them yak, with... a yak meets an ox, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's like a dronky or, or um, a mule or a, a liger or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, much like <laughs> ligers and mules, um, because he only combined the yaks with human men, the varl are a tall, heavy, strong, and only male race because oh, yeah. they had to be directly created by God he just neglected to create Varl women. Cool, yeah. He's uh, yeah. The, the ultimate incel god. He is, yeah. So the, <laughs> the Varl are an entirely male race, which why it's like, it's not explained, but like sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe he was just too shy to put boobs on or whatever when he's like shaping, <laughs> shaping the clay. <laughs> he's too squeamish. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like, he's got one in front of him. It's like, like looking around he's like got the little like perfectly sculpted boobies on her and then like the loom mother walks in she's like hey what are you working on nothing 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 nothing, like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah somewhere somewhere there's like the creation of life putty set of yeah, boobs yeah. in the banner's yeah, yeah. bag <laughs> um if you want to open up this first spoiler image and then i have a description here but uh you might be able to do another one there for uh just uh yeah. let the people know what a varl is it's a a big blonde guy with a mustache and two big horns yeah you got they got horns. They're people. They're men uh, with horns. They're about twice as tall and probably five times heavier than a regular human man. They're yeah. much, much, much larger. They're like yeah. the, they're like the heavy classes. The, the, yeah. the they're the DPS basically that you get or the tanks. tanks yeah, yeah. Less uh, less your magic users, your your or healers or delicate. delicate. They're too stubborn for magic. Yeah. So you can yeah. teach you can teach you can teach a varl to mend, but you can't make him loom or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So the Varl can live for centuries uh, if their warlike tendencies don't get the best of them first. Uh, however, one of the issues, the fact that they're all men, is they cannot reproduce and are doomed to die out. The last wow. Varl ever created by uh, Hatterborg was, was named Kvig and was created roughly 80 to 100 years before the events of the game. Oh, wow. So all of the surviving Varl in the game were directly created by Hatterborg himself. So so sending that sending that varl to to grab the the wagon that's falling off the cliff is like like taking the last African white rhino and being like yeah yeah go go jump in front of that wagon that's falling off a cliff for me so I can I can save the food rations like, yeah makes exactly. it makes it work right because there is a we'll get into it but there is it is impossible now to create more varl um, so. This is kind of why it's like legend says they used they combined a yox with a man, but it's like 
no, all these guys were, were there. They were actually physically made. They have the memory of being created. I don't know if they're mm. created as children and have to, like, grow up and, like, let their horns grow in and have, like, teenage ruts in the playground, like, yeah. whatever, like, pubescent elk. But, um, like, that, that's it. I, like, maybe they're created fully formed. I know they definitely age because there's, like, a scribe varl in game who's like his hair is all white and his horns are all twisted and gnarled now because he's okay. clearly was created 500 years ago then, opposed yeah. to a you know a, a whippersnapper like kvig who's, who's 80, 80 years old right something like that young spry um, chicken. sorry young spry chicken he is yeah exactly his horns are all still sharp and smooth not yeah. covered in scars <laughs> Um, so combining animals with people seems to require fire or at least magic fire in some capacity cool. because the Varl still have a fear of fire in game, which will come up later. Cool. Um, and again, this is not like an ancestral thing or like a taught memory. It's just like straight up. It's like, oh, yeah, I was, I don't know, smelted with a yak. And now I look like this. Right. <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be an accountant. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine they still have their human memories? Of just like, what do you want to be when <laughs> yeah, you yeah. grow up sort of thing? It's like, yeah, I want to yeah. be a scientist. Oh, I want to be a weaver. It's like, yeah, fuck you, nerd. You're a buffalo yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, combining, this isn't like the first time, this isn't the last time, rather, someone would combine humans with animals. I couldn't find who created them, but the horseborn, or they're just centaurs, were uh, created by someone, but maybe he kind of like realized his mistake about like, man, if these guys can't read then i really did run out of i'm gonna run out of like big burly bison men soon so the uh the centaurs or the horseborn do indeed have males and females so they okay. can reproduce uh you can open up the second spoiler image i took up one of a female horseborn she's one of the main ones in um in the game i can't remember her name they're she's not in the first one is she i don't remember centaurs in the game they're Am not in the first one no no uh, yeah no uh yeah she's a centaur uh she's you know Woman up top, horse, horse woman on bottom, presumably. Six. Uh, yeah, she's an mare. insect. She's an insect, technically. Uh, six limbs, right? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Powerful yeah, horse thorax. The, I was gonna say she's got the head <laughs> thorax of a woman. <laughs> I do like a woman with a good thorax. We all do. Between tits and ass, I'd take I'd take thorax all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the male male horseborn are called the Teulu, and the females are called Cantref. Um, and they're very Celtic and uh, like more uh, like uh, like British Isles inspired in their artwork. They've got the blue paint on, and they're much more like ranged classes. He's a lot of spears and whatnot. Cool. Um, so the Varl horseborn and humans were all neighbors, right? And like a good neighbor, the Great War was there. Uh, humanity and the Varl did not get along at all, and roughly 125 years ago, so this is all before Year Zero, the beginning of the game, right? The First Great War had begun. Um, it, what would become a problem for the Pantheon eventually? The first god to take sides was the god of war, Baldringer, who gifted fire to the humans, which allowed them to terrify and push back the Varl army. Yeah. So, the gods were aware. I guess they were talking shop right up in up in heaven uh, just you know good like a nice loom conversation yeah, yeah sitting there leaning up on it and being like yeah i created these buffalo guys in a forge and now they're terrified of fire because i guess i burned them together and the god of war is just sitting there's like that's fucked up man that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then a war against them started and he was like oh no 
I guess he probably took sides because the Loom Mother had created humanity and she is the primary god. He was just like, oh, no, Loom Mommy's watching. And, yeah. like, he secretly gave fire to the humans. Who knows how many Varl were killed? Uh, but, again, it, it's a finite amount. Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting Not, twist on like the Prometheus myth, right? Where it's like he stole fire from the the gods on Olympus to give to to humans, right? And and suffered eternally for it. But like the yeah. idea that there were already like there was another race that existed, like like um kind of on the same level as humans, like not among the pantheon that 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 they could use that against. And there was like those uh, presumably if he's a god of war, he like wanted war, right? Like that's that's how he he you know gets his worship and everything so yeah although maybe maybe he became the god of war after giving them fire because then he got worshipped for that weapon which was used against them i don't know it's it's all interesting yeah we can only speculate as well because mm-hmm. that that part is all lore boys canon but yeah he became he's now known as the god of war and is you know shunned by the varl uh, as you can imagine match, as like match him right yeah so while this war was raging, Stravs, another god, but this time kind of a bitchy, jealous god, um, kind of consulted the Loom Mother and stole her ideas on how to create his own life. This time, he uses the uh, invading army of rock monsters trap card. Okay. And he creates the Dredge. Uh, he, the Dredge are the primary antagonists of the first, well, I guess all three games. Um, and if you want to open up the next picture, uh, you can describe them to the audience. Yeah, it's a picture of the dredge. They they it always gave me um, Iron Giant vibes, right? With the the oh, yeah. glowing glowing yellow, perfectly circular eyes, and they're they're essentially stone robots. Um, yeah, stone robots. I think is the the best way to describe them, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would think um, that maybe he was like looking at the mistakes of the previous gods when Stravs was creating the dredge because he was just like, okay, well, uh, males and females, they gotta be able to fuck. I need yeah. my subterranean rock monsters to, to I can't, I just can't sit here looming all day. I've got things yeah. to do. I've got to be worshipped for other reasons. So, males and females, you can get your little rock monster babies, okay? Yeah, get your rocks off, right? <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to say that. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they can breed, so they can replenish their armies, and they also do not die of old age. So the yep. two major problems with the... And they don't even care about fire. No, and they're not afraid of fire either. I guess I left that part out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, humans, get old, die. Varl, can't fuck. So, yep. you got your Fix perfect... two problems. Yeah. You got, yeah, you got your perfect ones. And they're always um, rock hard. They're always ready to, to fuck. They're always ready to fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mm, the dredge can she, only she, be killed she, in battle. What? <laughs> <laughs> she was wet as sandstone. Oh, <laughs> what oh man dredge porn must be crazy cia would fun, <laughs> the cia, CIA would, would fun the that. shit out of that yeah. <laughs> yeah uh if you guys want to know what the fuck we're talking about with why we're injecting the cia into this subscribe to our patreon and listen to tomorrow's bonus content yeah exactly <laughs> come up there <laughs> um yeah so some the dredge can only be killed in battle uh, and some of them, like Bellower, who is the last boss of the first game, can only be killed with magical artifacts. Some of them are just fucking immortal unless you yeah. have the correct spell. And, and maybe you don't know this. Maybe it's not actually confirmed lore or not. Like the magical artifacts. Do you do we learn what those are at all? Like, are they gifts from the gods? Are they just imbued with like certain powers of the weave or like, do you know at all? So, both. Um, again, there's not a ton because they don't have like, again, yeah. the paragraphs of, of flavor text. You can get uh, the Whetstone of Strav, which is like a, it's, it's a passive 
artifact like because you okay. get one there's you have one loot slot on your yeah. uh character Stra Stra Strav made the dredge or he made the viral sorry Strav made the dredge dredge yeah it was how to break made the made the, the, yeah. the viral exactly yeah no so uh, uh continuing on with the kind of like rock and like warsmith theme um yeah you can get Strav's whetstone uh which will buff you so it does carry some divine power within the game okay um some of the stuff i read may have been from flavor text on those items uh but like Strav is known as the there's also like worship of the gods is still done within the games and they have these gigantic monuments built to them. they're called god stones and generally speaking you'll pass by one there's a little cutscene where they'll explain something about like that god basically mm -hmm. and then yeah and they'll carry on there but yeah they're worshipped like they're not temples but like carved into mountainsides or something like that and, and one of them the god of wars uh god stone is like a i whatever 800 foot tall like bush of like pointy vines basically so they're all kind of representative strav is uh, who i don't have a screenshot of sally pretty normal looking dude looks kind of just like a slick god he's got like a goatee and like short hair and is just like kind of a chubby guy so classic created rock monsters kind of vibes you know yeah yeah exactly if i were judging a pan if i were ju judging books by their covers that's that's what i would classic rock monster yeah, classic <laughs> that's a classic that's a classic rock monster book right there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the dredge have some magical abilities. Uh, their versions of weavers are called stone singers, which uh, connects them to some different part of the tapestry of creation. But yeah, again, the subterranean rock monster thing is they're not pulling from the weave; they're pulling from the earth. And that's right. I don't I don't know if they have mages in the first game, but stone singers are in the second and third. I know that. It sounds familiar, honestly. Yeah. But I, I they're very remember. slim rock monsters and they've got the sword and the spear and you have one turn to stop their spell because they clap it together and it like vibrates in the ground. Yeah, and you, it, you can interrupt, but you have one turn to do it. I could be misremembering, but that sounds familiar enough that yeah. I'm going to say that I think they're in the first one. Uh, so during the Great War, the appearance of a third sex-having immortal army led humanity and the Varl to call a truce and to work together, thus ending the First Great War. Now, for accuracy's sake, I will note that men and Varl did not know at the time that the Dredge could breed. Originally, they thought they were the dead come back to life because of their, like, gray, dusty skin and the fact that they were emerging from underground. Yeah, sure. That makes yeah. sense. You don't find out that they get their freak on until the third game, I believe. Zombies don't fuck. No, notoriously. Zombies? The, the 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 real insults, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so um now that the war is over, they've got a common enemy. We need to check back in on the Pantheon, but we are gonna check in on the Pantheon after the break. Welcome back from the break, everybody, but especially Ethan. I'm glad I'm not talking to nobody. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Especially Pete. Aw. So, <laughs> so Back up in heaven, or wherever the gods are at this point, their version of reality. Yeah, sure. Horrified by Strav's dredge creations, the Loom Mother cast him out of the Pantheon, but in doing so, accidentally killed him. This spread panic among the Pantheon, because they did not know they could die, and they immediately okay. started getting paranoid and infighting with each other, thus leading to the death of every single god in the world. Even the Loom Mother? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Everybody. So so she just wrote him out of existence. She said, no, that was fucked up creating the dredge and then kills him. And then by accident and everybody like, freaks out and they start. There's like a war among the gods, basically. And again, there, there's not a ton of them that we even know about. But yeah, they I, I so, love that. It's like, oh, my God, we can die. I better kill everybody else before they can kill me. 
That is basically it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the first reaction is just like, yeah. well, I'm not gonna be the fucking one left left holding the the fucking stick when this when it comes to fucking dying. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. That's basically it. That's why like some people believe there's at least one god in hiding and all the others are dead because at yeah. some point it should have been like, okay, we're both gonna take the poison pill, right, and die at the yeah. exact same time. Like, yeah, 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 and then you like just you you cheek it. And then yeah. when when Har- Har- when Hatterborg is dying of cyanide poisoning in the God Bunker, you sit yeah. there and you just you spit out a tic tac. You're like, I'm so fucking sorry, Hatterborg. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you like steal his identity and go into hiding. Yeah. You understand? You understand? You would have killed me if it didn't come to this, right? You understand no. that, right? <laughs> no, I thought the war was stupid. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the gods all get terrible. They all just get scared of their own shadows, and they're all gone. Every single one of them. Wow, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's such a cool twist, eh? Out, outstanding move, gods. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, or like, it is kind of like slapstick in a way. Because there's like, did you ever watch, oh, fuck, I'm going to forget the name of the movie now. There's like these con men renting and living in the basement of an old lady. And they're trying to like tunnel into a oh, bank or something. The Lady Killers, no? It's got Tom Hanks in it. The Lady Killers, I think, is the yeah. name of the... Okay. And they all die... The, uh, all the bad guys die under like unfortunate self-inflicted circumstances so like i'm in my head lore boys canon is they all like clumsily killed themselves with their own specialty like the loom mother's all tied up in the loom and like in final destination gets like hung by loom string or something like that yeah. <laughs> or there's a gas leak in the forge and the god of smithing like accidentally you know when he's making a sword or whatever and yeah. he just like once one errant spark comes off and he dies in a gas fire but i i love the idea that it's because it's after they learn that they can die right so it's all them being yeah. like overly cautious and it's that over caution that like leads them to die so like the forge god is like oh like hotterberg's like oh man okay this is this is fucked up you know so i you know people can die we gods can die that's fucked up okay i'm gonna lock my door but he doesn't realize that like leaving his door open all the time was letting the co2 out <laughs> yes <laughs> or the, the, C, the co out right so he just dies of like carbon monoxide poisoning like falls asleep in his shop <laughs> he's just i'm gonna i'm just gonna get back in my car and uh you know I'm, I'm i'm gonna this time i'm gonna roll up all the windows or whatever you know but forgets to take the hose that's attached to his exhaust out of the car you know like <laughs> yes i love uh, i would lo- <laughs> that that's canon though i love the, <laughs> the like the, the the paranoid helicopter parent thing oh i mean it is it, it is the it, it is it is like an ironic death of like it's like final destination right yeah exactly Something well, like that. The, the god of war is like okay they're gonna come for me so i gotta you know i gotta lay traps or whatever you know and he's got just the uh you know like a shiv tied to a crutch that that's like rigged to fall as soon as somebody steps onto a step like in a meth house but it's like he forgets about it and walks right into it you know it's just like in the middle of the night he's, he's like walking down in his underwear to get a glass of water and like shivs himself yeah oh yeah and that the, the good time god that good time god that we gave a shout out to at the top of the show he would definitely be like, "Oh, I can't invent, fr- I can't invite friends over to play my board games anymore, so I'm gonna put them all in the closet." And then is yeah. like crushed in a hoarding crushed. accident when yeah, he's like, exactly. all his, all his <laughs> all minis. His board games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all the gods being dead or gone. Let's let's say there's one person. There, there is one guy there, just huddled up in the closet. I mean, you know, yeah, I I I like the idea of there being one left, but I will say. If I had to guess, like the actual canon, if they ever had to come out and like decide definitively one way or another, I'm gonna guess the Sto- like stoic folks would say, no, they're all dead. 
because and you, and you touched on this earlier like it's such a bleak setting and such a bleak game yeah i think it is like very fitting that like no all the gods are dead yeah like there's there's no gods like they're ju- they're just all dead they all died you know the last there's, one there's no hope the last hope was killed right like, yeah yeah it did not seem though at least when the when the last god whose shoes had been tied together because they were paranoid of losing them tripped and fell down the stairs breaking their neck <laughs> right yeah exactly, didn't seem, exactly this did not seem to have the apocalyptic effect on the world or at least not right away so the varl and the humans over the next couple of centuries were just like maybe not even aware of the gods in heaven being dead or maybe they yeah. do because it is stated it's the first line of the intro the swedish man says the gods are dead and then yeah, yeah. Like, then comments on the the sun being stopped in the sky which i wouldn't put them in that order personally yeah i mean like uh it's kind of told i mean that's that's a narrator right so he like it can be like limited omniscience or whatever where like he knows something that the characters in the in the story don't necessarily know yeah and like i do think seeing the sun stop in the sky would probably make you believe that especially if you believe there's a loom mother who's like like weaving the tale of all existence and this it may, is probably the canon and something that you learn later in the game but like i'm gonna assume it's like she was crocheting the sun rising and, and setting every day right like that was like in in the loom that was like one of her threads that she would go and so it's like she dies and then sometime later the sun stops moving because it's no longer written what's also yeah, like- cool what's also cool about that is like uh, from a storytelling point of view it's like now the choices that your characters make because it's it's a game all about choices like like you yeah. were saying like the the permadeath comes from character choices and, and dialogue options and like the idea now that like your like the characters their destiny for the first time in their lives is completely their own because it's not being written what they're what they're doing everything they do is their own actions now is also like a cool like consequence of of that that loom no longer being being operated right what well, kind of puts you in the you the player in the loom mother position Right? yeah exa- you're, you're exactly. the last you're the last one pulling the threads yeah yeah and i mean like i mean the fate of all of us is to be crushed to death by an apple cart right like that's oh, just god i hope so i hope so <laughs> <laughs> with big feet on it instead of like wooden wheels <laughs> like high heels on your just apple cart yeah, yeah, just thick thighs on the back of an apple cart <laughs> pushing itself along <laughs> so kingdoms of men uh were founded uh along with the mender council and the kingdom of the varl so the kingdom of men is called aberang which you'd recognize from the game the mender council like i said is at manahar which is a giant tower and the kingdom of the varl were founded by einar in einartoft so he named it after himself it eventually what's, does what's die. einar we know einar from something else don't we einar is a pretty nordic sounding name it might be from I feel like some other game we were talking about recently might be from God of War, honestly. It's, well, what are they called? The the Ivar are the Aesir. Know. The Aesir are the gods of North, Norse myth- mythology. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's the Einar. A different. Uh, maybe it's the Aesir and the Einar. Einar is getting a name, given name deriving from the Old Norse name Einar. Directly connected to the Einherjar warriors who died in battle and ascended to Valhalla in Norse mythology. Okay, there we go. So that's what an Einar is. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, Einar is the name of a Varl. He is the first Varl king. There are several other Vol- Varl kings throughout the game. One of which you meet. I can't remember his name, but the, one of the Varl kings you do meet. I think he joins your party briefly as well. Okay. Um, you meet a lot of characters. There's a prince named Luden who is like one of your party members who is, I remember being so fucking good because he's like a pikeman. Okay. And his spear can hit two guys in yep. a row or something okay. like that. Or he can go past people so you can have him behind someone else and he can poke through. He, I remember yeah. him being like fucking busted good. Like so, so good. I mean, 
in the history of of warfare for mankind, like anything pre firearms, spears were the the best weapon. So yeah, I, that's how <laughs> that's how Sweden or not Sweden, but Switzerland managed to maintain independence like throughout its existence, basically, and never be conquered was because like they had really good pikemen. That's why they got to guard the Pope. You know what I mean? Because they just and they like, still get to guard the Pope. They had they had like they had pointy thing. Sure, everybody had pointy thing though. They had pointy they thing had, on big stick. They had biggest stick. Yeah. Yeah. Long pointy thing. Oh, maybe that's again the CIA is just like to, <laughs> to, to try and demoralize the KGB, telling them the Swiss have bigger pikes. <laughs> <laughs> and you listeners, if you want, if you want to understand that joke and laugh at it, you got to subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/LoreBoys, because you'll get the bonus content tomorrow. Linked below. I, I I love dropping little like little hints in here, little little tiny crumbs <laughs> to it, try and entice people in. And it, it is the fun part about recording the uh, the bonus, bonus right before we do this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Warm up. It's a vo- good vocal warm up. <laughs> um. So yeah, these three, the two kingdoms, and then the Mender Council were set up kind of in the span of twenty years, about a hundred years before the game. The Varl continued pushing back the Dredge further and further north into the tundra, eventually hunting them for sport which is pretty wow. crazy. Uh, the Dredge would retaliate in what eventually would become called the Second Great War. Um, this war would end when the Menders cast spells so terrible and so powerful that some later on in history during the game considered the spells the Menders use as genocidal. And the Dredge... Were... Sorry, the so it's the Menders against the Dredge? Are the... It's everybody. Everybody against the dredge. So the Varl were like pushing the dredge back, and then everyone else was like, hell yeah, let's all just genocide the dredge. No, uh, the dredge sought revenge because they were being pushed back because they, I mean, were an invading army, right? They were created by a hostile god to sow chaos. But sure. eventually, after being pushed back so far, because uh, the dredge are alive, they're sentient, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, they kind of drew the line and wanted to get vengeance on the kingdoms of men and Varl after they started being hunted. Okay. Because at, at, at like once, I guess once tensions kind of simmered down after the first war, right? They've been pushed back. They're living in the tundra. They've got time to set up kingdoms down south and in the west and in the east. Let's not do anything. But then, you know, th- to get the practice in, some of the boys would head out with their big horns and their shields and hunt villages of dredge for sport. Okay. Which yeah, then and- the dredge would come back because of like, hey, we lost the war already. And now we're getting revenge sort of thing. Sure, sure. So yeah. we, we, we had said that the uh, we had joked that like, oh, the Varl are the tanks, not the menders, not the magic types. But that's not canon, right? Like a Varl could in theory. I don't know if we ever see a Varl mender, but in theory, there's nothing stopping there them are from no, being menders. There are no Varl menders uh, in game. In game. And yeah. I only looked into the two main ones being uh, Juno and Ivan. Yeah. I don't believe so, uh, because... Okay. Mending was given to humans by the Loom Mother, and okay. she did not create the Varl. Okay, okay. So yeah. the, presumably... Varl got like, horns instead. True. They're horny. Which is also good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You got, you you got the gift of horniness. They must be so horny. <laughs> no chicks. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no, Billy. Well, I mean, they could bang, right? They can still bang. I, they, just can't, they just can't procreate. That's true. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. You kind of I forgot about gay your... people, huh, Pete? <laughs> I did, yeah. Again, my bad. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, damn, I can't, believe, <laughs> I can't believe you could never have sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you? I was Because I was thinking of, like, the plague of the school ground r- rumor at, like, Varl High School, where, like, one, one guy is bragging. He's just like, yeah, man, I lost my virginity. I have, like, a thousand yeah. Varl chicks. And meanwhile, no one in history has ever seen a Varl chick. 
because they were yeah, all created at the same my, time my god uh, yeah yeah no i i did get a girlfriend actually during summer vacation you know she, yeah. she's from she goes to another school she's from, she's from she's from mountain ontario so like you guys wouldn't know her but i did meet a viral <laughs> chick it was pretty sick yeah <laughs> they got smaller horns you know <laughs> like, like, like just like trying to trying to describe and make it sound sexy of like a regular cow that he saw on a farm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, she had her tits just like hanging there between her legs. You know, it was like, oh yeah, bro. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're all sitting there like between her fucking legs. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like the the forty year old virgin when it, whenever Steve Carell's character is trying to describe what it feels like to, to yeah. touch a boob. You know, the bag of sand. Bag of sand. Yeah. Which is. <laughs> she had her tits down between her legs. You know, uh, you know the four the four nipples on the one boob. It's like so, <laughs> so sick, bro. Meanwhile, like every viral is in a human female, they're just like, "What the fuck? What?" what? It's like as, as if that was the parts of the yaks well, that he would yeah. combine with with human females when creating the creating them. He wouldn't like <laughs> make them. I mean, because of course, the viral are completely human, except for the fact they're huge and have horns. horns. Yeah, yeah, except for the horns. Yeah, exactly. Well, you don't know that. You haven't seen them. You haven't seen them in their clothes. You ain't never seen a naked viral. Fair enough. It could, it, yeah, the, the big kind of traditionally heavy drinking Viking look is just an utter. You got spots right? on their chest. Yeah. <laughs> big black and white spots. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Why do male varl still have udders, dude? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so yeah. The uh, anyway, this was a war. This was the vengeance war from the dredge. This is that's why it was much much more serious, and that's why they used the power of the menders to create spells so terrible. They were described as genocidal against the dredge. Yeah, and, and they were sorry. Sorry. The, the gods are gone already, or they're not gone yet? They're gone. They're gone already, okay. Yeah, they die before the second war. Okay, cool. Like I said, uh, with like the gods dying, it didn't really have the apocalyptic effects that you would see in something like the OG God of War trilogy. Like, every time you kill a god in uh, yeah. PlayStation, the PS3 gods of war, the thing they represent goes wild. Like, there's like, yeah, floods exactly. and tsunamis when you kill Poseidon and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you kill Helios and the sun just starts like wheeling through the sky, like, because the, the chariot is, uh, is like run or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I I like. I think it's on brand for this too, which is like again the it starts like five days after the sun stops moving in the sky and like everyone realizes it's the end of the world, but it's like a slow death. Yeah. So like I do love the idea that like oh the gods are all dead, but it's like it, it that is like a slow death too. Like everything is just slow and wasting more than like this sudden apocalyptic event. They stop being able to like grow beards and throw huge parties because the god of partying is dead. Yeah, not with a bang, but with a whimper is how our yeah. party ends. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just, you know, kind of true to life. Um, yeah, but so anyway, to end this war, because it was a war of vengeance from the dredge, they were just like, nope, pulling out all the magic stops, tap into the weave, whatever, a weave, nuke, loom a fucking nuke on there somehow, and kill them all. Uh, so the dredge were, like, believed to have all been killed, which is why they were like, maybe the yeah. members went too far. I do. I do remember that in the first game, they're like yeah. the, the. It's like when the dredge show up because I think the first couple fights, you're it's you're not fighting dredge, right? Like you're no, fighting you're other humans and stuff, and people just trying to survive the end of the world. Uh, but then the first time the dredge show up, everyone's like, "What? That like the dredge from fairy tales? Like they're all dead or whatever?" But the Varl specifically remember them because they were like a lot, like they were alive when the during the Second Great War, presumably, and exactly they remember yeah. the dredge specifically. Like, oh no, those are definitely dredge. We thought they were all dead, but. Which is why the living humans in game, other than the menders, when they see the dredge, they're like, it's the dead returned to life as well. Yeah. So they they are believed to be zombies, but it's exactly right. All the Varl living in game were created by the god before he died, which was before the Second War. So, hmm. so they were just like, mm, I don't think so. I've been alive for 500 <laughs> years, dude. 
Yeah. But some teenagers just like, that's bullshit, Varl man. Those aren't even real. You've never even <laughs> seen a boob. <laughs> Neither of you. It's like, well, I can describe one. Shut up. Yeah, I have my girlfriends from Mountain Ontario. <laughs> is, is Mountain Ontario a real place? It, it, I have no idea, but one of my best friends growing up, not friend of the show, Bobby, but I mean, one of my best friends, my best friend growing up, Bobby, a uh, different one. Um, he went to camp one summer and he came back and said like, oh yeah, he had a girlfriend. She was from Mountain Ontario. Nobody ever met her. And so like, that's always my go-to like, oh yeah. Mountain Ontario also just sounds like the most made up town name you've ever fucking it heard does, in your yeah. life, right? So I mean, it's just always perfect. That's my go-to like <laughs> girlfriend lives in another town. She always lives in Mountain. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's canon now as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, but in this case here, your girlfriend would have to be from the furthest and most uh, barren parts of Ontario, which <laughs> in our world we call the Volca Jokul. So despite okay. the, um, you know, kind of political impact of using ma- magic spells, uh, the place where the Varlal disappeared was renamed after the Volca, which, like I said, are the most powerful menders at Mender School. Where all the dredge disappeared, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said Varl. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, the Volca Jokul is where the dredge did it. So uh, minor character spoilers ahead here, uh, just because this is... Um, very important to the lore and does happen before the game leading up to it, despite the fact you find out about it in the game. Um, After kind of breaking some non-Great War-related rules, Juno, which is one of the highest-ranking Valka, was actually executed by the Mender Council. I'm not going to get into why, because it's a very... it's a good character moment there. But Juno was executed by the Valka uh, for breaking... uh, I mean, yeah, um, what what is the people in university in a dorm? Uh, RAs? Yeah, exactly. So the RAs found out you had broken the rules in your in your wizard dorm at wizard school, and they, uh, yeah. they had Juno executed for that. We said no posters. <laughs> exactly. She, she put up a, a thing of like Backstreet Varl, like a uh, bunch yeah. of sexy teenage Varl, uh, and they had to pull that down. The, the, that Joan Jett picture, but... Uh... Or uh, not not Joan Jet, uh, Farrah Fawcett, a classic like Farrah Fawcett seventy yeah, exactly. poster, but yeah, it's but it's, uh, it's a dredge or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, sex. sexy rock monster. <laughs> <laughs> They're all sexy. Don't, let, don't let me forget that one. <laughs> okay, I will write down Farrah Fawcett dredge. dredge monster. Thank you. Um, so grief stricken. Uh, uh, her lover uh, Ivan, who again is uh, one of the party members, went below the surface of the world to the underworld. This was actually the true home of the Dredge, um, and the Underworld had its own son called the Dark Sun. So Ivan, using his weaving, used the power of the Dark Sun to revive Juno. So Juno is actually back from the dead when you meet her in-game. Okay, this is like so... I, I, I don't know if this is deliberate writing or just like a funny coincidence in the writing, but the fact that uh, people thought that the Dredge were just zombies, like returned to life or whatever... But then he's able to use the dredge sun to actually perform a necromantic ritual is like a yeah. weird, like cool little connection there. It's pre- it, it when you discover it, it's it's very cool because a lot of the uh, environments up until this point in the game, I think it's Banner Saga three are very regular kind of European looking air like yeah. medieval European era and, and snowy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like when you when you go to the underworld, it's like a completely different fucking universe. And yeah, they do have a gigantic black sun uh, underground. And this was a true home of the dredge. So they, uh, the subterranean monsters thing, real. Back from the dead, no. Okay. However, 
pulling the life force out of the dark sun caused it to crash down and release a corrupting magical force just referred to as the darkness, as well as a gigantic snake who is living inside the dark sun and like gestating there waiting to hatch. Like what his true purpose oh, was. Yeah, that's also cool. Yeah, Every, exactly. that whole sentence you just said is so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> it's like the, the wizard to bring back his dead wizard wife uh, taps the sun, which crashes to, to the ground, the subterranean sun, which crashes to the subterranean ground, breaks open like an egg. And it turns out it was an egg and there was a snake inside of it. Like, yeah, just all, so when, all extremely cool. He comes back and he's very much. I guess he's kind of like Jormungandr. Gunder. He's very much the apocalypse snake. His destiny, he does. He talks to Juno, and I think he talks to a couple of other characters in game. It's like he just tells them what he's there to do. So there's a bunch of earthquakes that kind of start midway through the first game. This is caused by the serpent kind of like tunneling out of the ground. Okay. And there's some pretty insane cutscenes with him where he, he speaks to Juno and they have like a fight. He kind of dies and comes back as a zombie later on, too. So there's a bunch of crazy shit happening yeah. like, later on. Like you start as farmer discovers rock monsters are real to uh, serpent fighting zo- like zombie serpent fighting zombie wizard because he battles Juno on multiple occasions and she was brought back to life from him. Yeah, yeah. When he was supposed to hatch and destroy and consume the Loom Mother's creation is unknown or even who fucking created them maybe Strav put them there when he created the dredge to give them their own kind of evil sun too. But the, yeah, yeah. the, the regular sun that's locked okay. in the sky doesn't get you're a chance say- to hatch. <laughs> you're saying evil again, but like, and like, like we have human wizards using genocidal magic to beat back these people who declared war because they were being hunted for sport, which I think is a fair justification it, for that war. That is fair, yeah. Right? And now, they like... now, declared now a second the, war. The first one, they were sent here by a god to sow chaos. So And and so they, they you know, they decided we're done being hunted for sport. Then they were uh, wiped out by the most powerful magic that was declared a war crime. Like, they, they were mustard gassed death, right? Yeah. Um, and then they said, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. After they say they're not going to do that anymore... One of the wizards who did it was tried and <laughs> was tried and executed, and then that wizard's husband was like, "Well, I'm going to steal their son, crash it to the ground, break it open to bring that woman back who did genocide them." Like, I don't know if they're the evil guys, you know. I don't know if Juno participated in the second war. Okay. I can't guarantee it was her. It was non-war related crimes, so they got okay. her on the tax fraud. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's how Al-, Al Capone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how they got Juno. <laughs> um yeah so and like when the snake was supposed to hatch is unknown it it is there to destroy the world it is the apocalypse serpent mm-hmm. but it's not like what its intentions were of course because like no one was expecting someone to you know steal the sun from underground to bring their wife back yeah that's fair yeah i don't know why you'd expect that yeah it's like yeah again it's like we plan it's more of the like tied my shoes together and fell down the stairs because i was paranoid i was going to be assassinated <laughs> yeah, by the exactly. other gods thing it's just yeah. like they weren't good at planning yeah um, the darkness that seeps out of the sun, um, again, I wish they had a better name for this. It's just the darkness. It's some kind of like pseudo mutagenic magic that corrupts everything that it touches. So if you want to open the last image, you can see a corrupted dredge and see the contrast okay. between it and the first one there and, and describe yeah. that for the it's people. Like, like a, a lot less, like the first one are, are the robots and they're 
they're very much like designed like robots in that they're they they have a lot of symmetry and or as much as like a biological human as well or whatever right like yeah. they just like they have a certain natural symmetry to them this is clearly like he's got one like super elongated arm he's got more purple to him or they've got more purple to them they've got just like yeah their their proportions are all wrong like one of their robot horns is is out of whack one of their robot arms is just like a massive log um so yeah they're they're just robots with that have just like grown out of control essentially one arm that clearly looks like a hammer is probably like an absorbed weapon into it because yeah. this is one of the melee ones like the, the dredge all of them get corrupted so there's like corrupted uh they're called warped uh so there's okay. warped stone singers there's warped ranged units this is a warped melee one mm. sort of thing like, it can warp other life too like people and animals and everything the, the darkness seeps out and mutates everything Okay. This is revealed to be what caused the dredge to return. So after losing two wars, they were super content living under underground with their sick, completely functional dark sun until Ivan goes in to try and revive Juno with it. Right. Yeah. And that's it. That is we're at we're at year zero of the Banner Saga now. That's that wow. is the fantastic, super concise lore of like some of my favorite turn-based dredge favorite games frankly yeah so that's it yeah yeah super um, cool i think i think we did a good job gushing about it at the top of the episode for the first 15 minutes so yeah i don't know if we need to again now but i'll, I'll give one final commendation just like if you if this sounds at all interesting to you and if you i guess if you check out the gameplay if, if the gameplay looks like something you'd like or if you like final fantasy tactics or fire yeah, emblem yeah. Or, or those kind of games then absolutely check out the banner saga it's uh fantastic at least the first one was a great game and i've you know i still got the store page open to the whole bundle. You save $44 for buying buying the the Stoic bundle. The oh. Stoic edition bundle. So, I mean, it's still $80, but you save 40 because it's a value of $126. That's uh, how that's, they get you. And that's Canada dollars too. So, those are yeah. loonies. Um, yeah. Which you carry in a big sack. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you guys like the show, please uh tell some people you know uh we hit a million downloads recently which is crazy uh and it's all thanks to listeners like you telling your friends we've we've never paid to advertise the show in any way whatsoever um so really that that you know huge milestone for us is entirely thanks to all of you who have told somebody about the show yeah and told them how you like it why you like it and what you what you like about it so uh consider doing that also reviews do help uh on your podcast app of choice or on on apple podcasts um consider leaving us a five-star review or a two-thumb-up review or whatever the, the rating metric might be. Go on IMDb, create us a page, and give us 10 out of 10 or something like that. I don't know how IMDb works. Um, yeah, so so thanks so much. Uh, it means the world that you guys still listen and that you guys like the show. Uh, it means a lot. Peter, what's going on with uh, Instagram? Uh, at Lord Boys Podcast on Instagram, come check out the art, send me messages. A lot of people have been sending us uh, memes, which are generally pretty good. Everybody's got a pretty... Uh, pretty much the same algorithm as Jamie does. So sometimes I just get repeated posts sent to me, but I'm like, all right, we're all on the same wavelength. That's all good. Yeah, and sometimes, exactly. sometimes somebody sends me a, a banger that I never would have seen, which is a lot of fun. Uh, otherwise, hopefully you'll see some more of my comics soon. I have uh, found myself with a lot more time on my hands. And I already, <laughs> fin- I already finished the hard part, which is funny. Like I, the, the main inciting incident that took like weeks to finish, I finished when I still had a full-time job. So now I'm like, ah, fuck, man. I just crank this fucking thing out in three weeks. There you um, go, yeah, and then, yeah, Discord, everything linked below, everything important. Yeah, check out the Discord. We've got a bunch of channels. Uh, people share memes. Jamie's always in. Uh, we do community nights now uh, that run by some of our, one of our moderators, our only moderator, but one of. 
one of our one moderators. One of uh, one. Yeah. Um, we've got memes channels. We've got pet channels. We've got art channels. we got whatever whatever kind of channels you can want. A lot of great people who who will probably like a lot of the same things as you if you've uh, made it through this episode and listen regularly. Uh, it's going to be a lot of people who like the same kind of stuff as you. Um, and, of course, we do have Patreon. I, I mentioned it earlier this episode, but uh, patreon.com slash loreboys, where you can kick in a few bucks to gain access to uh, loser titles. Next week's episode was voted on by the, the patrons, so if you guys want to have a, a say in the occasional episode that gets made, uh, you guys can can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash loreboys, where you can get more info on that. And, of course, anybody who doesn't trust Patreon, we've always had Loreboys Prime, uh, where we will be doing some uh, wine and pottery nights now. <laughs> uh, for our Lord Boys Prime members, will be will be invited to a wine and pottery night. You have to bring wine enough for yourself and enough for us. Of course, we're not bringing our own wine to the wine and pottery nights. So you guys got to bring it for us. Uh, it's like think of it as a votive offering to the gods, I guess, because you're going to bring the wine. You're going to uh, potter potter yourself. What is the? I you throw I pottery, I believe. You're going to throw your throw yourself. That, that you're going to throw yourself an altar out of clay. <laughs> uh we're gonna kiln fire it you're going to pour the wine onto the altar and then we're gonna give you a couple of just like not like don't even worry about it. it's just gibberish nonsense words that you gotta you're gonna have to say once you're done with that don't it's not it's nothing sinister nothing nothing too evil no, none of us hey hey let's listen to me listen to me none of us here at the lore boys are trying to put snakes in the sun okay that's that's <laughs> There's a lot of rumors going around these days about the lore. Oh, the lore boys. Those are the guys that are trying to put snakes in the sun. Come on. Will we do that? Listen to us. Fake news. Will we do that? Yeah. Will we do that? Sure. Sure, we would. Uh, so, yeah. I don't think it's even possible, frankly. I've been saying it's impossible, which is why you shouldn't be worried. It's because not even all three of us are on board with the idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And I mean, if one of us has, has mysteriously disappeared, then maybe you start to worry. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Jamie's fine. He's he's just, you know, he's on a train right now. He's on his way home. Everything's good. He's safe and sound. You don't have to worry about Jimbo. OK, everything's good with him. No good with worries. Him with us. No worries about Jimbo and snakes in the sun. OK, don't we're not paranoid that we're just going to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to if you want to be a part of this momentous, just a regular old wine and pottery night, consider joining Lord Boys Prime. I think that would constitute a lore boys. Lore boys. Out. Out. Lore two boys. Out.